to giving an answer, the show dedicated to defending the historic Christian faith. I am your host, Harold Felder, and today the topic is Hebrew Israelites. And to talk with me about this, I have one of my favorite guests, Leroy Lamar. Let me give you a little bit of background information about Leroy. Leroy is a graduate, undergraduate from a Pensacola Christian College and Youth Ministry. He has a Master's of Art in Apologetic from Southern Evangelical Seminary. We both graduated, but you graduated a little bit ahead of me. Mm -hmm. uh, we were t but we definitely were in the same classes together. As a matter of mm -hmm. fact, that's how I got to know you. Uh, head and start, you started a ministry called Decipher. Could you tell us about that? Yeah, Decipher Ministry is a ministry which is dedicated to and geared to the Christian uh, community, primarily in the African American community, um, to teach them to understand and to defend the classical Christian faith. Um, so we do that through uh, any number of media, whatever we can, uh, whether it's seminars, classes, um, website, uh, whatever, any, any way we can, you know, we try to, we try to get this, this information and, and knowledge into people's hands. And people can find out more about that at LeroyLamar.com, right? Yes, www.LeroyLamar.com. Okay, great. Oh, I think we left out something. What else did you want to add? What? What else I want to add? You want to add, you know, about your wife. You know, I'm oh, that's right. That's hey, right. Hey, y'all guys. All right. And my wife. <laughs> Let's not forget my wife, uh, Janelle Lamar. Yes. Okay. I mean, she, she, she's an integral part of my ministry. Um, because I am so scatterbrained and everywhere, like I just, you know, just forgot it right now. Um, I'm so everywhere, you know, she, she definitely keeps me, keeps me focused and keeps my head, head on. So okay. yeah, thank you. Thank you for looking out. <laughs> thank right. you. I, I try, man, I try. <laughs> okay, let's get to it. What is a Hebrew Israelite? A Hebrew Israelite, uh, the term Hebrew Israelite applies to a uh, multiple group of people, multiple groups of people. Um, who all have one thing in common, and that thing that they have in common is they all claim to be the original Hebrews. They're primarily um, African Americans, um, but there are some who are in the Caribbean, the West Indies, different islands, where they're all descendants, descendants of slaves um, who claim to be the original Hebrews. So that's, that, that's what the term applies to. So they're sometimes called black Israelites, mm -hmm. um, Hebrew Israelites, um, these are the different African Hebrew Israelites. These are the terms that are used to uh, to apply to this group of people. Okay. Now, how did they get started? It got started. The the it's it's kind of a, a interesting history because it looks at actually you have to look at the history of blacks in America, and it started basically as slaves started hearing the stories from. Um, from white people as they were started to, as you know, the white people started to tell us about the Bible. We didn't know about the Bible. Yeah. Um, but as they started to, to tell us about the Bible and try to, uh, to proselytize in the, within the black community, the slave community, they started telling us the stories in the Old Testament. So stories of creation, stories of the fall, but then they started to get to stories of the Exodus. And when they got to stories of the Exodus, there started to be a, a parallel a parallel between the situation that the slaves found themselves in right. and the situation that the Hebrews found themselves in in, in Egypt. So right. the parallel started, those started to become the, the, uh, the model, which you will, for which the African Americans started to process their theology. So they started looking at it through this model of, of Exodus, of the Exodus. So you find like a lot of slave songs which are, are similar um, in their meanings to songs, you know, Go Down Moses and these kind of songs, yeah, yeah. which relate to the situations that the slaves found themselves in as well as to the actual biblical text with the Hebrews. So that started to become a, a model um, which was found in, in African-American theology 
over time, it, start, it wasn't an analogy anymore. Some people started to actually take that and say, well, this does, it's not just referring to them. It's actually referring to us. This story is about us and who we are. Mm. Um, so that's kind of how this, this group developed. So in, in 1892, a guy by the name of William Crowdy started a, um, the first Hebrew Israelite movement. And I think it was called the uh, Church of God and the Saints of Christ was actually what it was called. And that, that group is still in existence today. But it was, you know, claiming the, the biblical Hebrew heritage for themselves. And that's kind of how it got started. So today you have lots of different groups who claim to be Hebrew, not necessarily all coming from, from this one individual. It's just different people over time have, you know, taken that, um, that mantle or that ideology, it's a better term, taken that ideology and applied it to themselves and said, we are, we are the original Hebrews. How did you get involved in this topic? Uh, I got involved in this topic uh, a number of different ways. Number one, when I was a youth pastor, um, one of the girls in the youth ministry started, you know, she found this boy and he was a Hebrew. And so she wanted to know more about, more about him or more about it to know more about him. And so she started asking me questions and I really didn't know too much about it. So I started studying, um, you know, Hebrew Israelite uh, theology to kind of find out more about it. And also one of my friends in high school, he emailed me one day and said that he was changing his name to Reuben and that he was packing up and moving to Israel um, because that's where we were supposed to be. That was our native land, our homeland, and he was going back there. Um, and so, you know, wanting to find out more about that, I spent a lot of time dialoguing with him and some of the leaders of that movement via email. And that's kind of how I got into it, as well as I live, you know, in Atlanta. And within uh, three miles of me, you will see everything on the street corners from the Nation of Islam to Hebrew Israelites. Uh, they even have a little uh, bookstore and, red, and restaurant right near me. Um, so um, so I, that's kind of how I got into it and why I stay into it, because it's just around me a lot. I see it a lot. So how many are there? Uh, there's just really no way. There's really no way of even calculating how many there are, um, because there are a number, like I said, there are a number of different groups. Some of them are secretive. Some of them are, some of them are small. Some of them are large. Uh, some people take the term for themselves, even though they don't understand and embrace the theology. So you, you would have people, you know, even within Christianity who would claim Christianity, um, but really don't understand the doctrines and whatnot that's going on. So it's really difficult to, it's really difficult to pin down um, even how many groups there are, let alone how many, how many uh, people there are in these groups. Okay. This is the part that I love most when okay. I do the, when I do other religions and when I do cults and that type of stuff because we're gonna talk about the main beliefs. Okay. And the reason I love this part is because we live in a country or a society or even a world that says that all beliefs are the same, that all religions are the same. Mm. And people don't realize that no, they're not. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take the main tenets of beliefs okay. of basically any religion and break them down and compare them to Christianity so we can see how different their beliefs actually are. What is their belief about God? Their belief about God will be actually similar to ours, but it's more in line with Judaism. A lot of what they believe, since they believe they are Hebrews, will follow, follow very closely with uh, the beliefs that we find in Judaism. As a, only, the, the major difference would be they haven't taken the rabbinic traditions and stretched them out. They don't follow the rabbinic traditions, but they would say that they follow um, the Torah and follow the, uh, the Old Testament primarily from um, Genesis to Malachi, and they, they do most of the time use um, our ordering. Um, 
So that's kind of the basic tenets is, is where they where they would fall into. So when it comes to the doctrine of God, they believe that God is one. They would uh, hold to Deuteronomy 6, 4, the Shema. They would believe in that um, so that, that God is one and that he is over all peoples. He is a creator. Um, very similar to what we would hold to. However, they would deny the Trinity um, okay. and be very, very opposed to the Trinity using um, common arguments. You know, if God is one, there's no way he can be three. That's a contradiction. Um, things of that nature. Um, also pointing out that, the, you know, the, uh, the idea of the Trinity is pagan in origin and this type of thing. And it, it has nothing to do with the true nature of who God is. Right. What about the origin of man? What about his sinful condition or if he isn't sinful? Yeah, it's, uh, it's different. It's, it's different for different groups. There are those who do believe that uh, man is sinful. They would, they would hold to uh, what we find in Genesis chapter 3 as far as the fall is concerned. Um, and there are others who would um, say that that only relates to, to certain groups of people um, who, who are out of place with God and out of covenant with God. Um, it just depends on upon the group. And I think one of the, the key elements here that is um, very vital to understanding Hebrew Israelites is the place of the role of the prophet in Hebrew Israelites because each one of these groups has a different founder. They have a different prophet. So like mm. the, the group that I mentioned earlier with, um, with William Crowdy, he actually received his revelation in a dream. Then you have Ben-Ami who is in charge of like the African Hebrews who have moved to Israel. He received his revelations from God as well. So many of these people claim prophet status. And so they, they have the ability now to reinterpret or interpret scripture however they see fit depending on the, uh, the circumstance in which the people find themselves. So uh, when it comes to the nature of man, it's, it depends upon which group you're talking to. But I think that primarily what most of them would hold to would be the idea that man is fallen, but that, that has destroyed the relationship between him and God. And the way to get that back is by following the law, being obedient to the law and doing what, what, um, what has been said. So it's not necessarily a connection to Christ as the Messiah saving us from our sins, um, and being that only connection to God, it would be that, you know, God is pleased with you when, you, when you're obedient in following the Torah. Okay, so <clears throat> let me summarize. Basically, you're saying that the Hebrew Israelites believe that the African-American, well, I don't know if it's just African-American or just black people in general. It's not all black people, um, just those who are descendants of slaves who are here. And the way they, they arrive at this is basically through passages like Deuteronomy chapter 28. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, you find the blessings and the cursings that God promised to Israel based upon their obedience or disobedience. So if they obeyed God, the first part of the chapter lays out the blessings that they mm -hmm. were to receive. If they disobeyed God, um, you find the curses. So according to Hebrew Israelites, the way that you can find who the true Israelites are, the true Hebrews are, is to find out which group of people mostly um, follows or these curses mostly apply to this group of people, and then you will then know who the true Hebrews are. So they start going through the curses listed in Deuteronomy 28 and saying that there's no other group in history that fulfills these curses or these prophecies, as they, they would like to say them. Nobody fulfills these prophecies like the people who, you, who we find in, Afri in, in America that we call African-Americans. So that's, that's who this applies to. So not all black people um, fit into this category. So you basically need to be an African-American from descendant of slaves, is what you're saying? Right. To be in order to be called a Hebrew Israelite. But then that means that you are the original 
Hebrews that is spoke of in the Old Testament. So when right. the Old Testament talks about the children of Israel, when it talks about the 12 tribes, when it talks about all these things, it's actually talking about the people who the African-Americans in this country are descended from. Right. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> to say the least. So who, well, how do they back that up? I mean, I, I know you said Deuteronomy, but how, how do they make the connection that, that they are black and that we are from them? Uh, the connection is made, like I said, through Deuteronomy chapter 28, and also through other stories. Um, it's, it's a lot of reading into the scripture um, and finding instances where things um, uh, appear to be talking about black people. So, for instance, um, in, the book of, in the Songs of Solomon, you have Solomon saying, I am black and comely. So that statement is used there. So here, you know, here's an example where this man says that he is, he's black. I mean, it's a clear instance. Um, you also have the story of, of Miriam uh, and even Moses um, mm -hmm. when it says that um, when you look at Exodus chapter 3 where he's introduced to uh, God at the burning bush and God says, he's, you know, he goes through the story and God tells him, you know, he says, how will I know, how will the people know that I've come from you? you know, what should I tell them? He said, well, I'm going to do some signs. Throw your rod down, it became a snake. Put your hand in your bosom and he pulled it out and it became white. It was leprous. So the Hebrews will say, well, look, if his hand turned white, that must have meant it was black before. <laughs> so if it was white, if it was always white, it would just be white. It would be, no, it can't turn white if it's already white. Right. So we know if you look at, you know, people who we call Jews today, they're already white. So if it's going to turn leprous and be white, then obviously he was black. He's not, you know, the picture that the Jews are today. So it's different instances like that um, that will show for them, that's their proof that show them that the Hebrews were really black. So who do they say that the Jews of today really are? It depends, <clears throat> depending upon the group. Um, once again, there's some who believe that they're actually the Edomites who are descendants of Esau, who were under the curse of God. Um, and so they're being used by Satan um, in some, some, uh, some diabolical scheme to keep the true knowledge of the Hebrews away from, um, from those who it actually belongs to. So they're being used by Satan to, to be in this land, to reclaim this land. So it's, it's our, our responsibility to know the truth and to go to, to the promised land and to reclaim it for ourselves. So there are groups who their mission is to go back there, to drive them out. Um, some groups mm -hmm. are violent, some groups are not. Um, it, it really depends. It really depends upon who you're talking to to find out who the, the, true, uh, the true Israelites are. So what is their view of Christ? Uh, some of them hold that Christ is the Messiah. Um, some of them don't. The majority of them, I would say, don't. Uh, they believe that Christ was a, a, you know, a good man, that he was a Hebrew, that he was black as well, um, and that he came to show us how to, to live under the law more completely and better than anyone had done up to that time. However, once the Apostle Paul got a hold of, of the writings and the stories, um, being a Greek, he manipulated them and changed them to make Jesus to be something different. So the Jesus that we see in the scriptures is not the real accurate Jesus who he, who he really was. Um, and so pictures of him, distortions of him um, have come from Paul. So it's not, a, it's not a, uh, a, um, an argument that's not familiar. A lot of the arguments that they use are very familiar. They don't make up necessarily new ones. The only new arguments they kind of hold to are the ones that identify themselves as being the true, the true Hebrews. They kind of pull from, 
from different uh, ideas that are already out there floating around yeah. in, in liberal theology to kind of to kind of buttress their their position. So he's not God, of course. He's not God. <clears throat> he's got no no Hebrew would say that he was God. Um, they he that would be automatically blasphemous and wrong. And for Jesus to be the kind of man that he was, there's no way that he would say that. What about the cross? Did do they believe that Jesus died upon the cross, was resurrected? No, some of them <clears throat> hold, well, some do. Some, some, well, I have not met a Hebrew yet who said that Jesus was resurrected from the grave. Um, but I, like I said, I, I don't know completely what all of them teach, what all of them hold to. There are some who would say that the cross is a, is a pagan symbol that's been introduced. It was another thing that Paul invented, that Jesus didn't die that way. Um, so they would hold to different different theories as far as, as to uh, you know who who was crucified and this in that, um, but a lot of them would hold that Jesus was a Jew who not a Jew excuse me a Hebrew. They have a difference. They have there's a difference between Hebrews and Jews. What um, is that difference? A Jew is that word is never used in the Bible according to them. That word is never used in the Bible to speak of the people of God. A Jew is one who follows Judaism, and so while the word does come from um, Judah, they would they would agree with that. They would say that the term applies to a follower of rabbinic Judaism. So Hebrew is the word that's used for, for the true children of, of Israel. So that Jesus was a Hebrew um, and that he was, he, was unjustly, he was unjustly put to death. But the stories that Christians have, have made up about him are not true. So it depends. It just really it does depend on the, the group. What about the atonement? So did Jesus take away our sins then? I guess he couldn't have. Yeah, there's there, uh, the <clears throat> way that God takes care of our sins is through sacrifice. Um, it's through the law. And so they are looking forward to restoration of temples and things of this nature. There are some groups who even have temples and perform, perform sacrifices. Um, there's even one group um, who claims to have the Messiah in their midst. Um, he hasn't, this group hasn't been around for a while, but it was, it was pretty popular. It's the nation of Yahweh being led by a guy who calls himself Yahweh. Yahweh being Yahweh. Yahweh. There you ah, are. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. With so that's <coughs> Yahweh, son of Yahweh. Right. Yahweh, son of God. Um, so, and he was based out of, out of Miami for a while and did some yeah. different things. Matter of fact, he was uh, put in jail and he called that his crucifixion. He did. Yeah. There you go. I know exactly what there you're you talking go. about. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, interpretation that's being done to the text. Um, so it really comes down a lot of times to a hermeneutical issue. So, and, and like I said, you know, it depends. So he, he was their savior. He provides their atonement for their group, but not all groups have a Messiah. Some just have a prophet. What about the average Hebrew Israelite who's not performing the animal sacrifice? How has the sins been atoned for? Uh, just forgiveness from, from God based upon his, his workings and doing, um, holding to the law. And um, God knows, he understands, and that's how, you, that's how you please God. That's how you please him. It's about being obedient. What about the afterlife? Yeah, the belief in the afterlife will be pretty similar to what you would find in, in Christianity and in, in Judaism. There is, a, there is an afterlife. There is a heaven and a hell. Um, and those who follow, once again, it goes back to who you talk to. Because I'm just thinking of, of, of a conversation I had in which, in which a Hebrew Israelite told me, you know, that uh, hell is reserved for, for those who enslaved black people. So you have more militant groups like that, and you have those who just those who don't follow. So I mean, white people can follow what, what, um, what God has to say in the Bible, or they can reject it. And if they reject it, they'll find their place in hell as well. So, so can white people get into heaven? White people from some groups say yes. Some groups say yes if they if they follow the uh, the laws, they follow the law prescribed by Yahweh by Yah, then they can. But they others can. will say that 
only the African Americans who had slavery in their in their history can yeah. attain attain any mm -hmm. type of salvation. Mm -hmm. Because well, because that's who that's what heaven is. That's who heaven is for. It's for the children, children of Israel. So how do you respond to these arguments? Uh, part of the response comes in in the philosophical fashion of talking about uh, biblical interpretation. Um, if you, you some you have to start there a lot of times with just how we're how we're going to talk about understanding the scriptures and starting with the idea that you can't necessarily start from your experiences to to interpret the Bible. Um, that there has to be an objective standard that applies to everybody because if it's the case that I can use my experiences to interpret the Bible, then there's no reason why. Um, to be upset with white people who were used the Bible to justify slavery. Right. You know, if everybody's experience can be brought to the text and then make it valid, then you can have all kinds of competing views and worldviews, um, all saying that the Bible is true for them. So there has to be some objective standard by which we, we look at the scriptures. And so I, I start there and try to um, lay that foundation, that, that framework first. Um, secondly, looking at looking at some of the passages of scripture that they that they look at there are alternate explanations there are alternate explanations for those passages of scripture for example when we talked about uh, Moses you know being black and saying that Moses was black well, part of the problem with that is he doesn't have to be black he just has to be darker yeah and yeah. so um, so that just doesn't but for them they would say well you know that doesn't really justify it doesn't really make it you know alternate explanations for them don't really hold water so it has to be more of a, a deeper philosophical understanding of, of hermeneutics, I believe. And then also talking to them about history, things like that, um, knowing that some of the historians that they, that they rely on, they call upon, um, have, been, have been shown to be inferior by, by more mainstream um, historians. Mm -hmm. For example, um, Edwin Yamauchi, he wrote a, a paper um, on African-American biblical interpretation for the uh, even evangelical journal, um, the ETS journal, JETS. And he wrote um, a paper in there basically outlining some of the, the current thoughts and some of the current models of Afrocentric um, interpretation of scripture and then showing why, why they kind of fail and some better ways to look at it. He does you know, show where the good points have been made, but also show where there's some lacking. And part of the lacking is to try to make the pendulum swing the other way to say that everybody in the scripture was black and everything related to scripture is black is just historically, it's just not accurate. Right. It's not accurate. Um, and then I, ba I build a, a position based on, on an average apologetic, um, showing the nature of God, the nature of Christ, how the nature of the Trinity, how Trinity isn't unbiblical, showing the reliability of the New Testament, um, these type of things, showing why the Trinity isn't illogical, show that why it can hold up to those type of things, dealing a lot with Paul, um, N.T. Wright has done a lot of work on who Paul is and who Paul was um, and just kind of showing biblically um, and historically who Paul was and showing his link to the scriptures and, and what happened there, showing that Paul didn't take the, the scriptures and, and twist them and, and turn them and come up with a different Christ. Right. The, the Christ that Paul had is also the Christ that the disciples had. So um, doing, doing things like that kind of show and refute a lot of what they of what they put forth. Okay, what makes this so attractive to people? Yeah, I think one of the things that makes it attractive is, um, number one, there's an authority. There's an authority there to tell you something. With a lot of these groups, like I said, there's a prophet there. Um, and a, there's no, if a prophet is saying that he's speaking from God and he's hearing from God, then you can be sure that what he's saying is from God. It's not, um, in, in Christianity, um, unfortunately, we have so many different uh, denominations where different people are saying different things 
And people are like, well, how do I know who's telling the truth? You got this person saying this, that person saying that, and they all claim to be Christians. They all say they're doing the same thing. But yet somebody who's a prophet steps on the scene and says that I have come from God, and this is what God has to say. That's attractive. That is yeah. attractive. The problem is that, I mean, there are people all over the place. How do you know that that person is from God? Right. You know, this is the question and, you know, that needs to be asked. You know, what, you know, validates him as a valid prophet, a valid messenger from God? Um, and that question often isn't asked. Or if it is asked, um, some of the same, you know, answers that can be taken from any other religion that has a prophet or, or they apply them to. You know, like I asked the guy, we're talking about miracles. Mm -hmm. I say in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, prophets were validated by miracles. They were able to do things. Um, supernatural things, superhuman things are able to do these things. What miracles have your prophet done to validate who he is? Right. Well, my <coughs> prophet has, you know, he brought a whole bunch of people to Egypt, I mean, to uh, Israel. They now live there. And then so in one generation, he was able to move all these people there. I think that's a miracle. Right. And so I'm like, well, if you think that's a miracle on par with the miracles that Moses did in Egypt, then right. I mean, well, there's a problem there. There's right. a problem there. They're, they're not the same. Right. So that's that's the kind of the argument you get into. But you find that people are really looking for some kind of authoritative figure, somebody to to hear from God. Secondly, I think they're also looking for structure um, and following, you know, Hebrew, uh, the Hebrew scriptures. Definitely the Old Testament laws yeah. provides a lot of structure and a lot of foundation for one's life. Um, it's not like what you can find in Christianity where it's just kind of you love God and just do whatever. Right. That's kind of the idea that people have of Christianity. And so that's the, the, um, the other side. That's what these people are running from when they run to Hebrew Israelites. So I think those are kind of the, the stronger points. Okay. Leroy Lamar, thanks for being on the show, talking about Hebrew Israelites. Uh, that web address again is? LeroyLamar.com, www.LeroyLamar.com. Now that will end this episode of Giving an Answer. Be sure to join me again next time. And until then, goodbye and God bless. Oh, no.